This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. There are two men who have combined to lift the Claret Jug four times. In this Golf Channel podcast special, Nick Faldo and Johnny Miller are joined on a conference call to preview the Open and share their thoughts for next week at Royal Burkdale. I'd like to bring in Nick and Johnny to offer up some initial thoughts heading into the Open next week. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. Uh, you mentioned uh, on the start of the call that uh, Royal Burkdale was the site of your first 72-hole uh, tournament win in 1978 the british pga so give us your thoughts on the course next week and and the open next week yeah thanks well i think bird was one of well one of my favorite courses um especially one of my favorite links because um we would deem it a little fairer the fairways are a little uh, a little flatter but you know the, the sand dunes um are fantastic and very demanding um, I've been watching the weather forecast. You know, it's only been in the 60s and a lot of rain. So, um, you know, wind. So I think the, pre- the premium is going to be on seat to green. Uh, golf course is going to play very, very long, very difficult. And uh, it's a challenging golf course. It's a great course, great venue, good town. Right next door to Southport. So it's, um, it has the potential to have a, a great atmosphere again. All right, great. Johnny, uh, give us uh, your initial thoughts. Uh, going into Royal Burke, that's one of your favorite places, so give us your thoughts on the heading into the Open next week. Well, after last year's amazing uh, duel between Mickelson and Stenson, you know, 20 under par won it. I mean, that's crazy. I don't see that happening to you, Nick, this year. Not going to be that many under. Um, <laughs> no, not, not even close to that. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, last, last time they played, the open at uh, Burkdale, Padraig Harrington, and I guess some tougher weather, but he was three over par, which won it. And, uh, um, you know, so, I mean, the bottom line is it's a strong golf course, even though it's only 7,173 yards. Um, interesting, the front nine is 3,417 yards. That's like a nothing course, you say, on paper. And the back nine is over 300 yards longer at 3,756. So, um of course, the two par fives are at the finish, um, 15 and 15th and 17th holes. But uh, has a couple super super hard holes on that front nine, even though it's only 3,400 yards. The first hole is just one of the toughest opening holes in all of championship golf, and then the sixth hole might be the toughest hole in all of championship <laughs> golf. So 
it's got two brutal holes on the front, and I didn't even know it's fairly short. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to go back there and sort of see if my memory uh, resurrects. I remember a lot of the holes, but you don't remember every hole perfectly. So I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing the course and getting my feelings. So I really believe it's an accuracy course. You know, the spin a bomb and gouge. You know, bomb the driver out there. Doesn't matter where it goes. Hit your nine iron on the rough or wherever you are, and you can hack it onto the green. That that's probably not going to work this week. I, I see a lot of guys. I won. The reason why I won uh, the Open in '76 with my caddy literally made me hit a one iron. I just hit a one iron like 12 out of the 14 uh, tee shots, and I can see a lot of uh, driving irons and and three woods off the tee like Stenson did last year. Um, uh, so I just don't think it's uh, unless you got get on a tear like Dustin Johnson gets sometimes with a bomb driver down the middle. I don't see the driver being. Uh, you got to be a little careful. You got to be very careful because the hillocks are these mounds of sand and you know fescue and they got some bushes and I mean it's just it's you need to hit fairways. Is the bottom line. So I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's a very very interesting golf course. I think really underrated. It gets the third largest galleries of all the, the British Opens, uh, Open Championships behind uh, St. Andrews gets the biggest galleries and Liverpool and Birkdale. So so obviously the, the people do support it at Birkdale. And, uh, it'll, you know, it's provided some really, really fine champions, you know, uh, in the past. So we'll see. Johnny, you alluded to the past champions. I was looking at the list, and I think everybody that's won there, with the exception of uh, Ian Baker Finch, is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, what do you suppose that says about the golf course um, that you can recall, anyway, in terms of separating the men from the boys? Well, you know, you know one of the problems in, in some majors is if you get the course too tricky or too tough, it sort of blows, a lot of times it blows the top players out of it. And, uh, Brookdale just seems to be the right amount of test that uh, allows the top players to hang in there if they're playing good golf. You know, it's no no guarantee, but, uh, you know, there are some courses that at the end you get a bunch of people you had no idea were going to be there and the good players have missed the cut or they haven't done anything. So it is a, it's sort of a fine line when you set up a championship uh, to set it up uh, firm. I mean, to, uh, semi-tough but uh you know uh, fairly so and i think burkdale like nick said the fairways are not so bumpy and and hilly and so if you do hit fairways you can score and um and so i just think it's a real i think it's a super fair test i really i really do mitch and he thought it was underrated why do you why do you suppose that is just because it hasn't been in the rotation as long as some of the other ones well i'll tell you since it's gotten the rotation it's got a ton of championships uh it, it definitely uh, the galleries that I mentioned being third biggest. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely in the heat of it. It's just I think everybody thinks of the Open Championship. I don't know what you think, Nick, but you know they think Scotland, you know. But uh, you know this is you know this one is um, in England, which is nice, really. Last year's duel was was between Mickelson and Stenson was just off the charts. Who do you uh, who do you see as uh, some of the favorites coming into this week? Go ahead, Nick. I, I'll I'll finish it up. But uh, who you you got any feelings about it? Well, I think I've, I've just been watching the weather all the last two weeks for fun, and you know it's been in the 60s. It's been raining, windy. So I like 
all the guys have been hitting low. <laughs> you know, low draws or low fades, which you've got to have a low, strong ball flight. And uh, there's lots of guys who has been doing it, lots of guys playing well. I mean, you're going to lean. It's always great for one. A couple of weeks before, you know, obviously what John Rahm's just done, what Tommy Fleet was just done, what the guys have been doing in America, you know, the strong hitters in America as well. Um, I think the European boys might have a... Can they come to, quite a quite a shock coming from America everywhere is stinky hot. To come to come to Britain, they're going to you know have to be wrapped up where the European tour has been. You know, they've been in France, they've been in Ireland, now they're in Scotland. There, they're really well acclimatized. So um, I think it's important for American players to get over there early and get the feel of it. Uh, all the obvious names will find a way to get up there. But I, as, as we both agree, the course is fair, and if you if you're playing good, if you've got good penetration with that, then um, you're really going to enjoy the week there. It's a it's a great challenging golf course. You know the one thing that um, you know the the real hot shots in golf like Dustin Johnson and Rory and Jason Day and even Sergio and Stenson and Fowler and you know. Even Justin Thomas, recently Mickelson, they're all a little. They're not on the top of their game right now, so I, I don't know what to expect because majors are a whole different animal. You know, uh, Nick was awfully good at majors; he knew how to play them and win them. But uh, Hideki Matsuyama, you know, I know there's a lot of pressure for a Japanese to win the first major, but I think he's the best player right now. I, I think you know, day, uh, tournament in and tournament out, he's. He's, his bad shots are really good, which is what you need at Burkdale. And I, I think that uh, he's he's ready to win. I, I think he's a – I can't pick a winner, by the way. But if I was guessing that one. And then Sergio, of course, after winning the Masters, he's been sort of on a, you know, and, uh, that's a romance, r- romance time. He's just sort of cruising along, you know, not doing too much. But he might be ready. I don't know. You know, and Stenson maybe feels, hey, I'm going to win two in a row. So. But that three-wood could win him the, uh, at Burkdale, no doubt about that. I have kind of a strange question for Johnny that I was asking Mike Tirico about recently. Uh, as someone who grew up in the U.S., presumably calling the event a British Open, do you sometimes have to remind yourself to use the more, you know, the preferred British method that you guys, uh, uh, you know, name that you guys now use, the Open Championship, or does that come naturally to you at this point? It does not come naturally. <laughs> the open champion the open championship is incorrect. It's now the open, you see? Oh okay. It's gone, <laughs> well, that's what I mean. It's gone from the British Open, the Open Championship, now it's the open. So Yeah, yeah I I have trouble with it. I, I screwed up one time last year if you call it a screw up, which is pretty good in, in four days, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, it was always the British Open because you had the U.S. Open and the British Open. It just made sense that, you know, you differentiated them as an American. And it's right. still, even when I talk to groups or corporate groups or something, I will still refer to the U.S. Open and the British Open because they, if I say the Open, a lot of Americans, you know, casual golf fans, they don't know what you're talking about. So, you know, uh, it's just, you know, I don't know if the politically correctness has gotten to Britain or not, but the bottom line is you got to do it right. we got a whole sheet of things you're supposed to say or not say. So, uh, so, so open. That's right. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot. 
Yeah. Now, in another five years, it'll be just called the. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Nick, I've heard a lot of funny descriptions. How would you uh, How would you describe that clubhouse? You've probably seen it more than Johnny has over the years. <laughs> oh, I haven't. Seen it. Yeah. What did I call it? Uh, retro Southports or something? You know. It's, it's uh, yeah. It's a it's a quite classic British. You know, some of our architecture, and then they, of course, love it. They, then, they, then they make them protected. They make them grade two listed buildings. So, uh, right. uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very British, very powerful. <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> Grand. Johnny, what do you remember about uh, 76 and the duel with Seve since that was sort of the first introduction uh, to the world for him. I think you played with him in the third round, if I remember correctly. And uh, uh, what made that day, those days memorable there, winning uh, winning that year? Yeah, on Saturday, I, you know, he was leading after the first day tied, and then he, he led outright after the second. And, and then after the third, he led by a couple shots. And bottom line is, um, you know, I was paying attention to him because he's a good-looking guy, and he had that big old big old swing, you know, sort of a big full backswing and flashed at it. And, but I was doing my own thing, you know. I was playing a whole different game to him. I was, I played that, I call it British Open back then because it was the British Open then. Uh, I played it like a Nick Faldo. I wish I had enough brains to have played more majors that way and basically let my irons do the talking. In other words, hit the one yeah. off the tee and then, then let my irons do the talking. Where he was. It was no one irons off the tee for him. It was driver every single hole. So uh, it he hung in there on Saturday, but Sunday I played with him also, and the pressure of being 19 and an unknown, and he was just hitting it everywhere. That driver just went sideways. So um, uh, yeah, I, you know he he was fun to watch, but uh, you know I was trying to win a major, and um, my I just my game was good, and I was determined to beat him. And uh, you know, he just, as it turned out, I ended up winning by six shots. So it, uh, Jack Nicholas didn't have a real great Open uh, championship, and then Seve just had the bad last round. So yeah, but but I, I can't say I was feeling really bad that he was hitting it all over. <laughs> hey, one more for you, Johnny. You guys are going to be be on the air. Uh, you know, basically all night and all day as it's airing here in the States, and you don't drink caffeine. How are you going to pull that off? Well, they're starting to see that my blonde hair is now gray, so uh, they've, I, I cut down my hours a little bit. So, uh, you know, the old days of and the Ryder Cup being on for 12 straight hours on a Saturday or like last year where I was on eight hours on the weekend. And, uh, so my hours, I think, are going to be cut back a little bit. But, yeah, it's uh, – it's getting crazy how many hours are being covered at golf championships, isn't it, Nick? I mean, come on. In the old days, when I started, you know, a couple hours, three hours of those, a big show. And, you know, in the old days of Venturi, he would be doing just the back nine at the Masters, you know. So it's just getting where uh, it, everything's getting covered, you know. Who knows? They're going to be covering the shower. I don't know. I don't know. You know, they just. It's it's getting crazy, but uh, it's, it's good though, right? I mean, we got all these extra TV channels, and they've got they got yeah. space to fill. So if you've got it, uh, you got bit by the bug. I mean, and you want to watch it, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, but you know, when you're on 12 hours and you make one mistake, and all they talk about is the one mistake, you think you wouldn't make 
mistake and 12 hours of coverage. You know, so it's you know it's there's pressure there. You know, you got to keep your wits about you um, and say you know you got to be careful what you say nowadays a bit. Now, not that I'm very careful, but uh, <laughs> but I mean I sometimes I cross the line. I'm always near the line, but uh, but yeah, it's it's I don't know what you think of all this coverage, uh, Nick, but it, uh, sir. Sir Nick, I should say, um, but it's getting <laughs> pretty crazy. Well, I, I don't. Uh, day one, the Thursday and Friday, I know I'm I'm on from twelve to four. Johnny's in an afternoon segment where I go off and have my afternoon tea, and then I'll I'll take it to nine o'clock, which is past my bedtime. So uh, that's going to be, uh, and then I crawl home and start again. No, I'm looking forward. To, I mean, when it's good golf. When it's a championship like that, um, you know, I'm quite happy sitting up there gassing away. I think it's fun. Um, you know, I think we, I think people being able to switch on to get a glimpse of Birkdale in the open at any time of the day. A bit like Wimbledon, you switch on now. Right. Your morning match in Wimbledon. Yeah, you know, it's great fun to just put that on for a little while. So I hope people join in and we can, we can sense that they're uh, they're watching. I have no trouble with the coverage once the leaders get, even on the first tee on Sunday. But up until Sunday, all the coverage, you know, it's interesting, but it's it's not like when you finally get to cover those final groups uh, and they're actually teeing off on Sunday. Yeah, then then I get all perky. I get all perked up. Hi, I was wondering who's more likely um, to be in the final um, pairing going on Sunday, Phil Mickelson or Stenson that we saw him with an epic um, shootout last year, and how will uh, Phil not having bones on his bag playing a factor? Um, well, I'd go with Stenson, to be honest with you. I, I don't know if Phil's big misses are um, going to be real great at Burkdale. I don't know what you think, Nick. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Phil's going over. He's going over early. I think he's arriving there Saturday, so he's keen. He wants to. Um, I think. Uh, I think all these guys will tailor their games to to make it work to suit. And um, you know, as we as we talk, I can't wait to get there as well. I'll be up there by I think by next Monday. I'll I'll get in there, and I want to. I'm actually going to play the course the next morning with Henrik and against uh, Ernie Els and Louis Utahson, so that's my birthday treat. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the course. And then you'll get a real good idea of, and the weather, you know, what we predict for the weather. But here on paper, I think both of those guys are bubbling under. But you've got to, you know, trying to defend Henrik. Um, I think he, that will really spur him on, you know. So I don't know if they're going to make it Highly unlikely going to be on Sunday in the last group, you know, but maybe one of them, you know. You're also playing in the uh, uh, in the Senior Open at uh, Royal Port uh, Royal Port Call the following week. Uh, tell us a little bit about your golf game and how you're looking forward to that. Yeah, I am. I'm looking for, you know, that's another. It's always good to gear up to play a, a link course. So I, uh, you know, I've been enjoying testing clubs and all sorts of things, so I think I'm a little bit more ready. I played a couple of weeks, wasn't great, but you you learn a lot. Uh, my foot was a little out of, a little pronated. I've got some new A-line uh, orthotics in, so that's helped my 
right leg, which has helped my right hip. Some B costas gave me a few swing thoughts to get my right hip to really turn a lot more. So that's a help. And, you know, I've been training and everything, so it's fun to gear up and pretend I'm going to be a golfer again for another week. It's good. Good, good, good laugh. Nick and Johnny, thank you for joining. We'll see okay. you guys at Burkdale next week. And thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining the call. All right. We'll see you there. Thanks, guys. Okay. See you, birthday boy. Bye. Bye. Thanks. See you soon. Take care. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.